It's the Sticks and Bricks podcast where we take a look at all the parts, pieces, and situations that come up every single day in your home building business so you can listen, learn, and take action to build a business that's as strong as your homes. I'm your host, Brad Hubbard. Thanks for listening. Home builders everywhere believe the processes they perform every day have been honed and perfected after years of experience. Many of those home builders also think that their way is the best way, and they believe that all of their home buyers fully understand and appreciate how that process unfolds. But do their home buyers really appreciate and even like the process that they go through? Well, that's what today's episode is all about. Paul Gortzig of the Boca Group joins me to talk about taking a hard look at your home buying process through the eyes of your buyer. Now, that can be a tough thing to do. Many home builders can really be too proud to look reality in the face and admit that they may have settled on a process that's convenient to their own needs at the expense of their home buyers. Paul shares suggestions and experiences that often come up with home builders who've worked with the Boca Group over the years. It's a great episode that I'm sure you'll find valuable advice in. So let's jump over to the interview now. So I've been fascinated by this thing called the experience economy way back whenever I read the book, The Experience Economy, some time ago. And I looked it up and happened to see that it was way back in 1999. So I wanted, I've been fascinated with this whole whole experience type of uh, setup in all different aspects of business. And I thought it would make a great episode. So I was so excited when I was able to snag someone who is in the experience business. And I was able to get as a guest today, Paul Gortzig of the Boca Group. Paul, thanks for coming on. Well, thanks so much for having me. Uh, you, you, you provide a great service for your listeners, and, and uh, I'm really excited to have this conversation about the experience economy and, and the buyer experience in home building. Uh, so thanks again for having me. Oh, man, the pleasure is all mine. Believe me, I always see, I'm, I'm following you. I, I cyberstalk you a little bit on LinkedIn, see all the great content you put out, uh, your company puts out too. So if, if buyers haven't, I'm sorry, if builders don't yet know you, why don't we just let you tell a little bit about your experience, kind of where you came from in the home building industry and what you're doing now at the Boca Group. Yeah, well, thanks for that opportunity to, to share some background. Uh, I've actually got into the uh, home building business back in the, oh my gosh, uh, late 80s. Uh, so I've been at, at this for uh, 30 some years and uh, sold on site for a local builder here in the Denver market. Mm-hmm. Um for about 10 years. And uh, after about 10 years, I was uh, uh, offered a position as a VP of sales and marketing for a regional builder that was operating here in the Denver area, as well as uh, the Southwestern states. Mm -hmm. And so I jumped into leadership roles uh, in the sales side of things, always focused on that buyer experience and how can we deliver a better experience in, in the sales process and how that permeates into the other disciplines within uh, the, the, the builder uh, of construction and purchasing, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's been about 20 years in the sales leadership roles and coaching roles. Um, and uh, just, oh, about a year and a half, two years ago, I joined the Boca Group uh, where I first was actually introduced to the Boca Group when I was the director of sales with a local builder. They were mm-hmm. helping us with several marketing initiatives. I loved their process. I loved how they went about it. It was so different than anyone else I've talked to. And uh, ever since, we've stayed in touch. And uh, we teamed up a couple years ago to, to uh, bring that buyer experience to the builders across the country. Nice. Nice. 
So you've been now with, uh, with them for how long? For about a year and a half, almost right. two years. All right. So yeah. yes, you had some good time on that too. So are you familiar with that experience economy book that I was talking about from way back in like 19, I can't believe it's 1999. I know it. it. We refer to it a lot and uh, yeah. it, it has been oh, 20 years now it's been around. So uh, yes, uh, very familiar with it. Good. So for those of my listeners who haven't seen that book, really the whole concept is, um, you know, just taking kind of a process that is typical and normal everyday humdrum and customers at that point had been starting to expect more and they wanted a full immersive experience to go in there. So I think at the time, I think one of the big ones was Rainforest Cafe. I think they uh, referenced in there as mm -hmm. well. I don't know if they're around as well, but uh uh, some of the same things. So is this a sort of the same thing we're talking about here when it comes to the home building? I mean, can you really get into, I'm not saying Rainforest Cafe, we're going to have monkeys singing and those types of things, <laughs> but, you know, are, are we talking about looking at processes that, um, you know, are typical things? Is this, is this what your company gets involved with? Things like, you know, just marketing? Or are we talking more sales or site meetings? You know, all of what what processes do you typically assist with or do you find that folks want some help with um, the customer experience from. Well, with the Boca Group, when we engage with a with a builder client, we uh, we find ourselves engaging for a lot of different reasons, mm -hmm. uh, all sorts of digital marketing purposes. I mean, that was where our roots. Uh, we we started in uh, two thousand one here and headquartered in Denver, uh, uh, Colorado, um, and we were also in other industries at that time but what we realized was our the staff that we had on board at that time and and the experience we had we were primarily in the home building business and we were do we were very good at what we did in the home building side so we went away from some of the other industries we were engaged in and in 2006 we went strictly with the home building industry to really stay in our lane do what we do best and really do as much as we can to help builders deliver a better experience. So when we do engage uh, uh, builders, we look at their marketing side, and then we also look at their sales side and how that complements the marketing effort. So yeah, we get involved in all, all disciplines within that organization to really un uncover what are some of the challenges when it comes to delivering a better buyer experience for their customers. And, and did you say you went full in with builders in, was it 2006? 2006 is when we went just strictly in the home building business, yes. Man, right before that big last recession. <laughs> that was about the time we, we bought a second home building company. And uh, with that uh, past home, home building company owner, he was uh, riding high and we kind of <laughs> picked the wrong time to pick that too. So, yeah, um, the, the, the stories I've heard was the ownership of Boca was going back to those other uh, clients they had in the airline businesses say, hey come back just forget for, just, just kidding we, we want more business <laughs> right uh, no i can bet but no, we made it work and, and that's where you kind of grow and that's where you really realize who you are and what you're all about sure. is when the market really is is not uh, uh delivering a a um a forgiving uh, uh, atmosphere, then it, it makes you really examine what it is that you're doing and and, um, and it improves your processes. Yeah, and I can imagine in some ways that may have kind of been good for the business, for your business on that end, just because, again, when it gets slower and uh, salespeople or sales home builders 
are looking to um, you know find sales wherever, that's when they start really looking at maybe their process. I don't know if it's the right time to do that, but I can imagine that's when maybe they started reaching out. Would, would that be a fair assumption or were they just kind of keeping their pocketbooks uh, really tight at that point too? That would be a totally fair assumption. It's uh, it's when the market shifts a little bit and we know that's coming at some point. Mm-hmm. Every market goes through cycles. I've seen three cycles myself mm-hmm. and it seems like when the market starts uh, uh, correcting itself and going the other direction, it's when they start examining uh, processes and how, how can we maintain our level of production uh, even though the market's not as, 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 uh, as supportive of, of our efforts. Sure. So yeah, unfortunately, that's when builders start really focusing on the marketing, on mm-hmm. sales training. Uh, when the markets are really good and, and they're, they're providing a, a, a strong living for builders, it's when we get a little bit complacent with our processes and, and sometimes that buyer experience suffers because uh, they don't need to really focus too much on that at that given time. Mm-hmm. And, and when things are good and moving along, you can kind of cover up a lot of mistakes or, you know, absorb a lot of that. But, um, but I, I can see that completely. You know, things are going really good at the point. Why worry about that process now? put it on the back burner. I got, you know, a plumber at the door. It needs uh, his site plans and the inspectors on the phone, those types of things too. So probably be good to be thinking about that. And we say it from, again, on my day job on the, um, the software side, you know, a lot of times people don't think about even getting that in order until it's a little too late. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The market's very forgiving and, and, uh, and we do a lot of work with builders that have fairly new, even sales staffs that really hadn't seen a downturn in the marketplace. And so we try to help implement some sales processes so it's timeless and it, is, it will be sustainable through any selling economic condition. Nice. Now, I know the Boca Group takes uh, kind of an approach of seeing these processes or kind of forcing the builder to look at the processes through the buyer's eyes. I guess I'd just ask, you know, it's, can you explain a little bit more what you mean by that? I mean, I think about that, you know, is it the builder's responsibility to create and drive their own process? Um, or you know, what does looking at it from the buyer's eyes, what does that exactly mean and what does that uh, do for the builder's processes? Well, I agree with what you said. Uh, it is the builder's responsibility to create uh, the proper process, but is that process really founded on the builder-centric uh, model, or is it really founded on a customer-centric model? Mm. And are we looking at these processes through the buyer's lens? Um, I, I'll steal a line from Jeff Bezos uh, from Amazon, where. You know, every customer needs a seat at the table, and he would pull out a chair and put the word customer on and says, okay, whatever we discuss here, we need to be able to be comfortable discussing in front of our customer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so are we really setting up our processes for success long term? And that would be looking at it through the buyer's lens. And, uh, you know, if we, we ask our buyers, so after they purchase their home and sign their agreement, uh, to immediately jump into option selections and design selections when maybe they're not quite ready to do that. And we need to recognize uh, what is the proper time to to help your buyer go through that process so they don't have the remorse that occasionally pops up. Mm. So it is, it is important to set up the processes, but 
when we look at it and what it does to our customer and what it's causing our customer to do, uh, and if it's if it's causing friction, then that's where we lose uh, uh, lose connection with our customer, and we, we need maybe reexamine that and see how it works for for our customer. And that's that's similar. I mean, I just had happened to have an interview with JJ Peterson of StoryBrand. Yeah, it's the same yeah, type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yep, put the um, you know put the customer. They're the hero of the story. We all are are guilty of creating our life story around ourselves. It makes sense. We're the hero of our own story. So a lot of times I can imagine it's hard from the builder side. They say, hey, this is what I got to do. I got to you know keep the cash flowing. I got to get it moving, move, 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 move. Not necessarily thinking of putting the buyer into that hero type of deal. So as you start looking into different processes and stuff, and you happen to have uh, suggestions that you go to the builders with, how open are they typically to those changes? I mean, do, do you find a lot of uh, resistance? Um, you know, facing reality sometimes you know tough for them to swallow because they have to face the fact that just because that's how they've always done it isn't necessarily the right way to do that. Hmm. Uh, I, I, I kind of I smile here, Brad, because uh, when you talk about change, I think that is the uh, third most feared word, and, and that is uh, you know speaking in public is the first fear, death is the second, and then change is the third. It, it's, it, uh, and we are we are in the business to encourage change. Uh, builders come to us because they realize they're not able to really identify and connect the dots as to what it is they need to do next. So they come to us to do an analysis of their processes to see uh, where the breakdown is. And when we suggest change, um, it, it just depends on the economic climate of, of the industry and how receptive they are to that change. Where, where is their pain point? And is there a pain point by our experience or is there a pain point elsewhere, whether it's labor, whether it's scheduling, whether it's other areas of their industry? And it seems like it's the challenge du jour, if you will. So mm. when we suggest change, it's when they are in a position to incorporate change that's less disruptive to their operation mm. and, and it's easily laced into their processes as we adjust their, their, or make suggestions to adjust their processes to more of a buyer-centric process. So uh, suggesting change is always a, a challenge. And when we do suggest change, it comes with a lot of data. It comes with a lot of research. It comes with a lot of foundation to where it supports the reason for the change. I imagine probably part of that at least helps is the fact that you know builders have come to you. I, I can't imagine that you know, the, the service you have is a hard sell to anyone. So there has to be kind of that point in the builder's life cycle when they're looking through things, when they finally say, you know what, we ought to give Boca Group a call, take a look at a process. Is there, can you pinpoint any few reasons? I can't say one because I'm sure they're obviously different, but is there, you know, is there any kind of things that really reach that breaking point for the home builder where they finally say, you know what, let's pick up a call. We got to do something a little bit better. And I don't know if it's necessarily just a slowdown. Maybe it is at some point, but um, I don't know. Can you, is that a fair question to ask? Yeah. And I think what we run into, the reason we get a call from builders is, is they've gone through the process of really 
and, and they're very well-meaning. And, and uh, I, I don't want to beat on builders, I, I, not at all. I mean, builders are very well-intentioned to deliver a great experience. But sometimes, and I sat in those conference rooms as a VP of sales and marketing, and, and, and we all share, okay, what do we do to help the buyer experience? And we all go around the table from the VP of construction to operations to everyone with that touches that customer. And we all share what it is that we do to help that customer through a very complicated process at its best. Mm -hmm. And it all makes sense uh, when you look at it from a silo standpoint. Everyone is kind of protective of their little sandbox. Mm -hmm. And this is what we do and this is how we do it. Um, but sometimes they, they just, they can't connect the dots. And that's when, that's when we get the call that says, okay, we kind of went through this ourselves. We tried to identify where the, the pain points might be. Uh, we're not really nailing it down. We need help. Okay. So that's when we get the call. We come in and do an extensive discovery. Mm -hmm. uh, we sit down with all the disciplines within the organization that touches our customer. Mm -hmm. And we, we try to identify, um, and we're pretty successful at it, and help them connect those dots as to what we need to do to 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 get where they want to be in the customer experience uh, environment. Hmm. Now, do you usually do that uh, kind of as groups, different points? I mean, I'm trying to think through the process here. You come through, you do a comprehensive evaluation. Do you keep the people separate on purpose so you can kind of get them to be a little bit more honest? And again, if you say, hey, well, I can't, you know, I, if I told you I'd have to kill you or something like that, I understand <laughs> type of deal. But I'm just trying to get an idea because a lot of times people want to say, boy, I don't know, you know, I don't know if I want to pick up the phone. I don't know if it's going to be just so cumbersome to go through that process. So I don't know if, if you can help let people know a little bit about what to expect on that too. Not that you're pitting people against each other. I don't mean to yeah. suggest that at all, but sometimes it's easier to talk, I'm guessing, to talk to different people kind of when they don't feel the pressure of either the boss there or someone that might be a little bit more overbearing than others. Yeah, we, we do actually. What, uh, what I was more or less referring to is an exercise we do with builders that is probably the most impactful exercise we've ever done with builders. And, and that is what we call journey mapping. Okay. Uh, when we journey mapping is an exercise that really tracks that buyer experience from before that customer is engaged that builder, meaning the marketing efforts and what, what are they, what, how are you re uh, receiving or how are you reaching that customer mm -hmm. and, and that customer journey from before they uh, uh, address you or come into your sales office to when they actually do engage your sales team. And is that sales presentation mirroring the experience they, f they saw online? And then we follow that buying or the journey of that customer through the buying process, through the selection process, through construction, through closing. And, and we identify those ebbs and flows that we see in that buyer experience from elation to maybe some anxiety or even frustration. And uh, uh, we do that by visiting with each discipline individually. And then we bring them all together. Uh, after a couple days, and we actually take little sticky notes. You, you know the little post-it sticky notes? Oh, yeah. Three mm -hmm. by three. We actually have gobs of them in the room, different colors that represent different activities, and we, we actually map that journey on a wall that 
if you can picture this, a wall that's probably about 10 feet long, eight feet, nine feet high, and it's just full of sticky note mapping that journey and, and the touch points in which uh, every builder representative has in responsibility to that buyer's journey. Okay. And it is very revealing and it really sets, sets the tone for how we manage to, to the, to encourage change. And because everybody was involved in the process, everybody embraces the opportunity to make it better. So it's very revealing. It's very satisfying to, to our builder clients and it really um, helps them get to where they want to be in a much quicker fashion than they thought they could be. Wow. Now that sounds like that process happens within the span of a week, it sounds like, or at least a couple of days out of that, whether it's two or three days, um, you know, so the yeah. overall time period then as you come back from there, I'm guessing, you know, a report of some point comes out or a plan of action at that point. So what does that kind of time period look like that, you know, if a builder would engage and say, Hey, we're going to do this. You come on site, whichever way your steps take until they say, Hey, I have something actionable I can take with me to, to move forward. Exactly. We would come on site. We would do our discovery. Uh, we would actually do some mystery shopping and secret shopping of salespeople, mm -hmm. not just salespeople, but the online sales counselor as well. We would see how they're responding. Okay. We want to find out where the breakdown is, if there is one at all. Mm -hmm. And so we'll go on site, do a lot of discovery. We'll visit a lot of their communities. And then we do sit down with each discipline, um, whether it's the construction team and key personnel, the sales team and key personnel, purchasing, purchasing's involved in that, accounting's involved in that. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the leadership of the, uh, of the builder, whether that's the division president, regional president. And we, we, we look at it through their eyes just to understand how they're looking at it. And then we'll make some strong suggestions because the answer will reveal itself very quickly mm -hmm. on, on the direction we want to go. So um, uh, it, it usually takes about a two, eh, more or less a three-day process. And uh, then we have a lot of action uh, items and takeaways that uh, we work on over the next couple of weeks to then start uh, the work that we would uh, do for that particular builder client. Nice. Now you say uh, you can pretty well uh, or pretty quickly see any breakdowns in there. Oh, so mm -hmm. any, in, any insider knowledge, what, what do you think is the, what do you typically see as the greatest breakdown or greatest area of improvement for home builders? Well, I, I, I think it's maybe two different areas. One is um, the, the handoffs uh, from sales to construction, sales to design, design back to construction. Mm -hmm. Some of those handoffs tend to be, a little bit um, uh, jagged, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, and also what we found in, in our shopping, um, some of the uh, follow-up uh, from somebody inquiring for information online mm -hmm. uh, th through the online sales counselor and then that handoff to the salesperson, we see sometimes that is a problematic area uh, of, of uh, the customer journey to where it can be smoothed out with some very natural tweaks uh, that really isn't um, causing any, any uh, angst for the, for the builder uh, and the people responsible for carrying out that experience. But it, it, it does reveal some of those uh, low points of the buyer experience. So that's just a couple examples of it. And that makes sense because you hear a lot of times on, you know, uh, web leads, 
and I can't say what uh, what report offhand, but you hear how it's a very low engagement. People actually get back whenever they come through the web, which is surprising to begin with. Mm-hmm. You can set that up, and and then just thinking from my own practical experience, you know, in in our business as well, a lot of times I would take it from the sales on to the construction side of it to manage it, you know, with the customer and take them from there. And I know most all the times it was a lot like putting a puzzle together and I'd be there talking with the customer I'd go through a lot of detail, very much detail. And I usually learn three or four things during our pre-construction meeting as we called that. Yes. And uh, I had no idea about, and I'd be like, yes. Oh, our salesperson told you that. Okay. Well, let me find out. And I have to do that kind of deer in the headlight look and, it, you know, it worked itself out, but still, if we didn't have that, it would have been much better that I had that information coming in and, and looking. And, and, you know, one simple suggestion that we make oftentimes is typically that pre-construction meeting or even a pre-drywall walkthrough is, is conducted by the construction team, mm-hmm. as it should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, oftentimes, we don't see any sales representation there. Mm-hmm to show a unified front for that customer, to show that the two primary people that are responsible for building their home are present and they're in the conversation, they know exactly what's going on. So one of our big suggestions is is make time uh, for the sales team to attend those meetings and be present because you will squell several um, assumptions that may be incorrect uh, and and really set the tone and, and show that, hey, we are here to help you through this process and, and having both of them there, those primary people present in those meetings really make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had started having my salespeople in those meetings too. And I, I know what you're saying on that. And I only knew one time I remember it broke down on me and it was a customer I should have fired and I didn't, but that might be a topic, <laughs> topic of another, uh, you know, another episode too. Yes. But, uh, yeah. I knew yeah. that from the beginning and the salesperson Sat there and didn't say a thing, and I was oh, I was steamed by the end. I didn't say it during the meeting, but afterwards he knew I was steamed. But uh, but anyway, that's again topic of another one too. So. That is a topic for another time. And and uh, in fact, uh, I get into some sales training when in in those kind of areas too. So uh, shoot, oh, wow. we can set something up for later on that. Hey, it sounds like a plan. We'll get you booked in in again too. So do you uh, do you find I guess now I, I kind of look towards the negative. Of my last question and you know areas that you see a lot of breakdowns of room for improvement. Are there areas that you say, boy, you know, most builders really, they get it. They, they don't need too much help on this. Uh, and again, knowing that might be an unfair question because on your side, you're like, hey, no, they need help in everything. But I'm sure there's a couple things where you say, you know what, they have a pretty good handle of this for, in general. I know not everybody. though. Well, I, I think uh, they're called builders for a reason. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I, we don't get involved too much with our builder clients on the, uh, construction side when it comes to actually managing that process of, of construction and the scheduling of a home. I think most builders do a really good job of, of, of keeping that construction activity moving along. Mm-hmm. Certainly you're going to run into your uh, delays, whether it's through inspection processes or weather uh, or whatever, but uh, I think they do a really good job of scheduling and managing their trade partners, getting the homes ready so their trade partners aren't showing up and they're not ready for them. So I think they do a pretty good job with that. One thing that we do suggest on the construction side is there's so much great knowledge and and, uh, uh, understanding of that process by their construction team that we encourage them to share their expertise as much as possible. Mm 
Um, we, we encourage weekly updates uh, with that customer because we've done a lot of research when it came to that buyer experience during the building process. Mm -hmm. And two things that they want to know is they want to be communicated with accurately mm -hmm. and they want to understand what's going on with that home. And, and unfortunately, those builders who do do updates, it's, it's a quick update. Hey, we, we installed your cabinets this week. Um, tops are next week. Instead of using opportunities to maybe educate them as to what they're looking at or what they're not looking at. Mm -hmm. uh, so we encourage our construction teams to share their expertise as much as possible mm -hmm. and, and help educate your customer, especially through a, a pre-drywall meeting when you can share things about the reason you do recess headers or raise heel trusses, you can explain to them why that's so important because hopefully they heard it through the sales process and now they can see it actually in place. Mm -hmm. So uh, sharing that expertise would be a really a, a missed opportunity if we're not doing it. Sure, especially if you find you're in a market where you're not the low price builder in the area and yeah. you know, you're selling against price. I mean, I can see how that can just go phenomenally with a customer to say, hey, you know, you did invest correctly. Yes, you could have went with, and not that you're going to be pointing out any other builder, but you just focus on yourself, but let them know that, yeah, it was worth the additional dollars because more is going into the house per square foot. Yeah, you're reinforcing their decision. And um, obviously at a pre-drywall meeting, you're beyond that buyer's remorse period. But uh, uh, when you do a pre-construction meeting, that's a great time to reinforce some of those uh, value points and unique selling propositions you have as a builder to reassure them that they're in the right place. Now, on those uh, things like the pre-drywall meeting, those types of things on site, you typically find it's best for the site superintendents to be there running that? Um, or is it better for salespeople? You know, there's kind of that dichotomy of thought of, oh, I don't want the construction folks talking to them. I mean, I've had superintendents who are fantastic superintendents yeah. um, on the trade side, but yes. not necessarily the best with the customer. Yes. And, you know, or so I didn't know if, if, or it just depends on the people that are in the business is that how it typically goes. Well, and, and, and I totally agree with your uh, assessment, Brad, on that. Uh, you know, construction guys are, are doing the job that they do because of the, the personality that they have, and that's a positive thing. Um, and salespeople do what they do because of their personality. And uh, sometimes uh, they're, they're very diametrically different. Um, but what we are seeing more and more of is construction managers are hiring construction superintendents that have that ability to really connect with their customers mm -hmm. and that skill set. And they, they coach and teach to it as well. Uh, but to answer your question, it seems like at a, like a pre-construction meeting or, or even a pre-drywall meeting, mm -hmm. I see the salespeople uh, starting that meeting, they're explaining why they're getting together and handing it over to the construction manager all the time, being present and walking with the customer and the construction manager through that home and through that process. Just so again, that customer feels like, wow, the two people that can answer my questions are here and present and uh, it will it will lead to a much better experience because they show you care just by being there. Yeah. Yeah. Have everybody in the room all together. So even if there is a misunderstanding there, you can all work it out rather than saying, Hey, I'll get back to you. Yes. And you can address it right there. I, I've been involved where you, the, the customer is understanding a couple of things that were just wrong mm -hmm. and the salespeople weren't there. So that, and then the customer tries to come down to talk to the salespeople after the meeting and they're busy with a customer or they're not even in their office. Mm -hmm. And then they, they, 
they, they kind of sit on that for a day, maybe two before they get a chance to get in front of the salespeople. And that kind of breaks down that experience and creates more anxiety unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. So when they're both there, you, you, nobody leaves that meeting with any misunderstanding. Oh, very nice. Now, I had, and I'm thinking off to the side too on, on some things that I had done over time and, and something that I just can't figure out why more builders don't do it. And it really comes to kind of those referrals that happen as you go along. And I think a lot of times builders end up asking for referrals after the home buyer moves into the house. And I guess mm-hmm. in the mind thinking, hey, they're in the house, that's great. But mm-hmm. I seem to think that's not necessarily the best time to do it, but rather during construction, we actually mm-hmm. added something on the bottom of every change order and addendum saying, hey, don't forget we have the referral program because mm-hmm. that's when your customers are more engaged versus when they move in, their only really interaction with you at that point is warranty and when something goes wrong. You are so correct. And, and uh, one of the benefits of doing a journey mapping exercise for a builder, it, it will actually, we will actually produce a linear map of, of the construction schedule, well, actually the, the purchasing schedule all the way through the construction schedule, mm-hmm. and we'll show those peaks and valleys of that buyer experience as we learn it from that particular builder through our research. Mm-hmm. And it will identify those high points. Uh, say they're coming in to do their final change order with all their selections they made at the design center. That's an exciting moment. Sure. And, and wouldn't that be a great time to ask your customer, hey, do you know anybody else that would love to go through an experience like this? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you are so right. There are so, there are, we can identify three or four or five opportunities throughout that buying journey and building journey that is is ripe for asking for referrals when that that event happens, or even when there might be a challenge and there's a solution made, and and you were proactive with the solution. That's even another opportunity, mm-hmm. even though maybe it didn't start as a positive, it finished as a positive, mm-hmm. and and that resolution could produce an opportunity to uh, gain more referrals. Very nice. Now, talk a little bit, I looked at the website here for the Boca Group and was reviewing and it talks about continual monitoring of this customer experience. So I'm assuming Mm -hmm. this has to do with after you've come in, you've uh, kind of audited the way they do their systems, came up, gave them some great suggestions. How does that continual monitoring, are we talking, you know, um, surveys? Are we just talking every once in a while doing check-in to make sure everybody's, you know, remaining true to what was decided? Or how does that continual monitoring work? That, that's a really good question, Brad, and, and I'm glad you asked it. And, and uh, one thing about surveys is um, they're necessary. They give you some feedback. But unfortunately, most surveys are done 30 days after closing. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe there's a survey at closing, uh, but primarily they get sent out 30 days after and then six months after and then a year after. And um, and you get the feedback from that customer at a point where there's nothing you can do about that experience. It's already been delivered and, and you are uh, powerless to do anything about that experience where we have a platform we call builder CX. It's it's powered by Qualtrics, the, uh, uh, the survey giant in the, in, in the, in the country, uh, Qualtrics and uh, builder CX is a, survey platform that surveys your customer throughout the various processes you go through in purchasing 
selecting and building your home. And it's a short little survey of two or three questions at, at a at strategic positioning to really monitor that experience. And so when we get, we get that information back, we're able to respond to it. So if that experience isn't going the direction we want it to go, at least we have an opportunity to do something about it. Hmm. And uh, Builder CX gives us an opportunity to uh, really keep our finger on the pulse of that experience while it's being delivered to be able to uh, correct it if needed or continue on the path that, that uh, they're having a great experience. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. So if, you know, home builders looking out at all their processes, they have kind of all of them sitting around, they have to pick one, one to start improving first. What would you say this is sort of the number one thing that will, you'll get the most ROI on if you just do this? Hmm. There, there are a couple, but I know I'm forcing you to one. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm tough. I'm tough. I tell you. Well, here, I'll give you an example uh, to to lead up to the answer. And and we would uh, recently we we sat down with a client and uh, they needed more uh, inbound leads. We did an inbound uh, uh, campaign for them, and and that's what resulted from the conversation. We developed an inbound uh, marketing campaign for them. They yeah. wanted more leads. But the, upon further discovery and upon further asking more questions at the right key times with the right key people, we realized that the amount of leads that they're getting was pretty strong. And they, they, they were right in the industry average about uh, the, the leads filling into the funnel, right? Mm -hmm. yep. And what we realized was that what they did with those leads as they, as they ventured through that funnel, the sales funnel, we realized that engagement and that nurturing process was not quite in place and more or less broken. So mm -hmm. the leads were coming in, but unfortunately, the follow-up and, and engaging that customer in meaningful engagement was not in place. So before we launched a new inbound campaign, mm -hmm. we shift direction on them and we came in and, and, and built a a, a strong follow-up program, not just for the online sales counselor to where they're touching that customer minimum of 10 times in the first 30 days, uh, whether that's through an email, through a phone call, through a text, but also for their sales team to build a follow-up program through their CRM so they can stay relevant within their customer's journey. And when that, when that customer is ready to engage again, they're going to be top of mind because they followed up with them. Sure. And to answer your question, I think every builder, and we see that, and I see this personally myself, I'm, I'm kind of a geek when it comes to shopping salespeople. Whenever I have a second, I'm, I drive by sales offices and I shop them. Mm -hmm. Whether I go in there and I know the salesperson, and then we have a different conversation, or I just shop them as a buyer. And unfortunately, the follow-up uh, um, uh, efforts are really lacking uh, be, and I think a lot of it has to do with the market conditions in which we're selling them. So developing a stronger follow-up program would certainly take the leads that you currently have in your CRM and, and convert them immediately if you are really paying attention to them. And that will give you a strong ROI on the investment of those leads. That's, that's fair. And I can say we were guilty of that as well. <laughs> you know, you have something come in and I don't know, you expect them just to pick up the phone, come back in. But um, it was surprising even how 
any few that if we got a lead in from a website, you pick it up and say, holy cow, you're the first builder that's actually even called me. You know, no one's right. even done that. And it's, it's right. a surprise that so many left that on the table. So, And, and one thing I, I, I'll throw out there as a suggestion without digging too deep into a follow-up program that we designed, but one thing that if there's any one takeaway, here's one takeaway. When you do your follow-up, Never, ever, ever send check-in emails. Mm. Hey, just, just checking, checking in. in. Yep. What mm -hmm. are you doing? You're bringing no value to your customer. Mm. The customer is, is ex help, expecting you to help them through that process and always come with something of value to that particular customer or whatever mm. it might be from the discovery notes that you have on that customer. Uh, maybe that customer is new to the area and they're relocating and um, maybe she's a yoga instructor and you found out at the local YMCA that, that they're looking for yoga instructors. Maybe you follow up with that if you're really on top of your game. But mm -hmm. always follow up with something meaningful to the customer and never send check-in emails. Mm -hmm. No, and, and my uh, my brother, who was in, in our family home building business, was fantastic at sales. And he always had that same thing. It wasn't official but he always had a reason to call back yep. with something additional. And that's exactly yes. what you're saying. Have the value, add something else in. So yes. uh, that's amazing. So I'm yeah. going to have you kind of look into your crystal ball a little bit here, if you don't mind. And you know, what, what is the next thing kind of in the customer experience that home builders really should start, start paying attention to now that might not be necessarily here yet, but they really ought to be looking into. Hmm. You know, I just did some research for an article we uh, published uh, not too long ago on, on this subject. It's, uh, it, it was called Death of a Salesman, you know, the future new home sales. Okay. And um, what we need to recognize as an industry is, is as builders start paying attention to consumer behaviors mm -hmm. and how consumers um, actually consume uh, what they do. Uh, and, and, I mean, today you can... You can shop online, get your groceries online, and not just online, but delivered to your door. Uh, you can buy a car online. You can buy a home. There are some builders today I know of that in three clicks, you can purchase a home online wow. um, and, and secure that home site for yourself. Mm -hmm. You can access a home at 10 o'clock at night at, at, uh, uh, for builders who uh, subscribe to these services. So we need to recognize the buying behaviors of, of our consumers and recognize that we need to not be so antiquated with our, our business practices and, and keep pace with what that expectation is of our customer. Mm -hmm. and, and that is to, okay, your model centers are open um, you know, 10 to six. Maybe you mm -hmm. have some finished inventory in your community. I know there's builders that have a uh, have the ability for have their customers access that home, tour that home, uh, and look at that home on their own. When you look at the busiest day of the week for a car dealership, it, it's Sunday mm -hmm. when they're closed. Right, right. People are walking their lot, taking a look at their cars because they don't want to be addressed by a salesperson mm -hmm. uh, because they they just don't ha they're not ready to engage a salesperson. So. I, I think what we need to pay attention to is how today, how our consumers uh, shop and mm -hmm. uh, stay pace with that. Can we access them to our finished homes? Do we feel comfortable with that? Mm. Um, there's ways to do it with controls that uh, allows you to follow up and really gain some great knowledge. And 
by making that available to them, I think consumers will be much more apt to approach you uh, because you're you're working on their schedule, not your own. Fantastic. And again, that's the whole experience. What happens if they are in by themselves? How does that look? So I'm sure Boca Group can uh, help with that too. So mm-hmm. that's Absolutely. Fascinating, fascinating. Paul, I want to thank you for coming on um, board here today, being a guest. Uh, thank you so much for my listeners. If you are out looking to look at your own processes inside, how you can improve, take a look for the Boca Group. You can find them online at bocagroup.com, I believe it is. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. Uh, take a look for Paul on LinkedIn too. I'm sure you'll find him. Thanks so much uh, for sharing. And I know my listeners are going to love it. Well, thank you, Brad. Thanks for the opportunity. I I love talking this topic and I could go on forever. So uh, I appreciate the moment that we had and and, uh, I I appreciate what everything you do and sharing your expertise with with our builders to uh, make everybody as best they can be. Hey, thanks so much. And it sounds like we have a couple topics maybe to have you come back again. (laughs) Terrific. We'd love to. Many thanks once again to Paul Gortzig for spending some time discussing the customer experience with me this week. Take the time to take a hard look at the processes your customers are experiencing. If you don't think you can remove your own biases and do an honest assessment yourself, find a company like the Boca Group who can help you review and improve your customer experience processes in the future. And that does it for this week's episode of the Sticks and Bricks podcast. I'm Brad Hubbard. Thanks for listening. And until next time, keep building a business that's as strong as your homes.